guys, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So, um, whether you know or not, I took a little break last week. Life is just so busy, and I didn't do an episode of the podcast last week. But the f- my prior episode was with Kelly Sorensen, who is uh, was involved in several cults, and you know, I posted something on Instagram about how I wanted. Um, you know, different topics for the podcast. And one of the things that I did was I wanted somebody who knew about like spiritual manipulation as it relates to narcissism. And I got hooked up with Callie and I thought it was a really, really cool, interesting interview. And if you didn't check that out, go back and, and check it out. And then, you know, something that I've never done before, Callie asked me to be on her podcast and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um you know, I wanted to bring my story to her podcast because a lot of people don't know about male victims of narcissistic abuse because it's kind of an anomaly these days. And then it was really cool. Uh, Callie took some of like the sound bites of what I said to her episode and um, she like created uh, like little snippets for it. And I posted them on Instagram and it was super cool. So maybe that's something I need to do. But um Yeah, anyway, if you didn't check out that episode with Callie, check that out. Uh, Check out my interview on her podcast. Um, So I didn't do an episode last week uh, just because I've been so busy and I did hers, but I figured um, even if I don't put out new content, you can check me out on her podcast. And uh, yeah, that was the new content for the week. But I'm back this week and, um, you know, it's weird. It's been a long time since I've done an episode by myself. I feel like, you know, I'm sitting in front of a mic right now and I feel like, like I'm getting back to like grassroots type of stuff that I used to do in the beginning because I feel like every week I'm posting a, um, new interview and don't get me wrong. I have some interviews in the bank, but, um, I have my next trial for the restraining order in less than one week from today. And so what I used to do is I used to have, um, you know, I would record myself when I had a a court date coming up, I would record myself the night before the court date and just talk about my expectations and how I feel about things. And then um, I would record myself right before going into court and like how I feel at that moment. And then I would recap afterwards. Um, but something I've been doing, as you guys have been listening to, is I've been bringing on my lawyer, who is Brittany Parisi out of Parisi Law Firm in New Jersey, to add some sort of like credibility to what I say or some clout in a way of like, you know, I want somebody else who is familiar with my evidence and familiar with the situation to really drive the point home that, no, this guy's got it. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that I say that I can't back up with evidence. So that's why I bring Brittany on these episodes. And so So next Friday, I'm recording this right now, it's Saturday, but this coming Friday is my next court date and I am planning on having Brittany on so that we can recap this episode. Um, So what I was thinking I would do this week is I would record by myself and just like I do did in the past is like I would give you sort of my expectations and things like that. So um, I wanted to run down some of the things uh, that my next has said if you want to go back and kind of figure out like you know get a get a refresher on where i stand at this point you can go back to episode 55 was my last episode with britney recapping the last restraining order trial so this is actually going to be day three of the restraining order so you can go back to episode 55 and you can check that out um but 
just to kind of surmise what's been going on. So my next testified for more than three hours during the last session. And uh, Brittany and I sat in that that day and just like looking at each other going like, I can't believe she is sitting up on the stand. I mean, it's very TV-esque. She's sitting up on the stand, you know, swearing to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help her God. And my Lord, she just lies and lies and lies and lies. And I want to talk today about some of those lies that she tells um, because after we got out of that, Brittany and I were talking and uh, I said to Brittany, I was like, man, just like the the amount of lies that she told. And Brittany says, we really should get the transcript that is written by the court clerk, or I don't know what you call him, a stenographer of the court to figure out exactly what she said, right? But, so I go, okay. And she goes, you know, it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, listen, it'll be the best hundred bucks I ever spent. And, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta get exactly what she said when it comes to these lies so that I can dissect them literally one by one. So I got the transcript about a week ago and I paid $800 for it. Best $800 I've ever spent in my life, man. So there's 97 pages of this transcript. And I don't know, you know, a lot of you guys have been through the court system and you know how it looks and everything. But if you go through the transcript, so it has, you know, page one, page two, page three, all the way up to page 97. And then everything is broken down by line. So there's paragraph by paragraph and then there's line one line two so you know you'll have like page 45 line one line two line three and what I did is I'm still in the process of doing it although I think I'm somewhere in page 60 ish of 97 but I have gone through the transcript and started breaking down just lie by lie by lie by lie and and I don't know what it is, man. I'm starting to think, well, no, I'm not starting to think. I've thought this for a long time, but I really think that she has just told these lies so many times that being a narcissist, she's almost gaslit herself. She's believing the things that she says. Um, So like, I don't know. I have my notes in front of me here. So like some of the things, you know, like, so you know, she alleges that I strangled her, right? Like one of the things that she's alleging is that I strangled her. And she testified that the following day, she told one of her best friends that I strangled her. And her best friend said to her, like, um, you know, this is domestic abuse. And my next couldn't believe what? No, this is just, you know, a disagreement between a husband and a wife. Like, Bro, if I strangled you, that's not a disagreement between a husband and wife. That's full-on domestic violence. Um, so, like, there's just all these kind of stories. I'm going to bounce a l- around a little bit about some of the allegations that she's made. Um, another thing is is that you guys will remember that I had supervised visits by one of my friends. Um, she's claiming that, uh, you know, some of my supervisors, she said under oath that some of my supervisors wouldn't supervise for me because no one would vouch for me, which is fucking insane. And it, what they do is they take this fraction of truth and manipulate it to a story that really doesn't have anything to do with actually what went on. She said, one of my supervisors wouldn't vouch for me. And really what had happened is I did have a supervisor who 
originally said that they would do it and then they bailed out on me because they had seen the lies that she was telling and they became afraid. They said, like, you're her ex-husband. You're the father of her children and she'll say stuff like this. What would she say about me if, like, I'm just a nobody? You know what I mean? I'm nothing to her. Like, you actually, you know, she wouldn't care about ruining my life. That's what this supervisor's thought process was. And, you know, it put me in a really precarious situation, but I could also see things from their side of view. It's fucked up, man. Um, you know, and then uh, one of my favorite stories while going through this transcript and Brittany and I, I guess we didn't catch it when we were in court. But if you if you remember, uh, you know, this whole restraining order that I have on me right now stems from a um, football practice went awry. And I don't want to retell the story. It's, you know, in a lot of these podcasts and you can go back and check it out. But one of like the most egregious and like I've come to this point where I laugh at things when they're just so ridiculously absurd. But my next says that. Um, okay. So, you know, she says that I abused the kids during a football practice. And so when the football practice was over and after the police arrived and took testimonies and all this, she's claiming that, and it's hard for me to even tell this story because I'm laughing while I'm saying it, but she says that, um, okay. So she stayed on the football field with the kids and I left and she stayed down on the football field for about 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, she walks up, (laughs) she walks up to her car to get in the car. And it's a very wooded area. And after 20 minutes, you know, I had left. She stayed on the football field. After 20 minutes, she walks up to her car. And as she's getting in her car, I pop out of the woods. And I start yelling at my son, saying, look what you did to me. Look what you did to me. So apparently I camped out in the woods and I popped out at them. And as she's continuing to testify, she says, (laughs) she says that, I don't understand what I was doing at this time, but she says that she went back to the football field after I popped out of the woods and scared her and assaulted her. Somehow she just went back to the football field, waited another 20 minutes, and the football coaches were still there. And then the football coaches like accompanied her back to her car to make sure that she was safe and I already left. But this image for like the last week of reading these transcripts of me like hiding in the woods. Like I must have been high. I don't even know what I was doing. And like, how did she get back down to the football field? You know, after I popped out of the woods, wouldn't I have just like assaulted her or something? And like the, the cops had left, like according to her. So why would the cops leave before I left? Like, Fuck, man, none of this makes any sense, but just the imagery of me hiding in the woods waiting to pop out at her is so funny. And, you know, Brittany and I, when we were reviewing the uh, transcript, we were laughing so hard at that. It's like, what What am I doing in the woods? Like, that's that's the thing about these narcissists is that, like, they have to tell these really egregious, elaborate, strong, startling stories in order for it to land with the listener. You know what I mean? So like if they say that he hid out in the woods, well, fuck, that's gotta be true, but it's not true. It's really egregious. And, uh, but it's funny. Like they're just so nuts that it's funny. Um, uh, what else? Um, 
Another thing that she really can't line up when it comes to this restraining order is that, so she claims that she came to the football field at 6.05, okay? And she's claiming that all this abuse to my young son lasted anywhere from 45 to 50 minutes. However, I have the police report of when I went to the police to let them know that I was being harassed. And she's claiming that she came at 6.05. The police report says 6.40 that I filed the police report. So if you're saying that all this abuse went on for 40 to 45 minutes, if not more than that. So you arrived at 6.05 and I, the police report is stamped at 6.40, okay? Keep in mind, I need time to get to the police station. So give that anywhere from five to 10 minutes. So all these claims, it's just like, I don't understand. And I don't understand how she can make these claims and feel good about it. And Brittany thinks that her lawyer um, is kind of, even her lawyer is not buying it, but like they're in the middle of this trial. So like they kind of have to see it through. Um, and I think Brittany even used with me that, you know, used the word with me that she's doing my necks a favor. Like she's doing her a favor, but she's not buying this. Um, the evidence that my necks has presented is not strong. Um, you know, like going into the evidence. So, you know, I, listen, I've said on this podcast many times that I'm no saint, right? Like I have my own recordings that she has taken f from me, um, of me screaming my head off and you're stupid and you're ugly and you have a mustache and you have a boy body. And I listen, I've said some really shitty things I'm not proud of, but I've also said many, many times like this is not, um, this is not, it's outside of my character, you know, and those kind of reactions that I have are like, uh, you know, I say it's my reaction to being abused and feeling like I'm backed into a corner and proverbially, I stress the word proverbially, having to fight my way out because I never actually physically fight my, fought my way out. I never hit her. Um, but it's just this feeling of having to fight my way out. So anyway, she has recordings of me screaming my head off and I have those recordings too. Um, but the recordings... There's nothing, listen, she, I know what I did, so my conscience is clean. And when, you're, when your conscience is clean, you don't have anything to worry about. Um, but she claims, like, I hit her and stuff. She has no pictures of bumps or bruises or literally nothing like that. She has recordings of me screaming my head off. And, you know, are they ugly? Sure. You know, do they come off unhinged? Sure. But if we know, you know, narcissists, what they do is they take a kernel of truth and they run with it without any context. So the context of these recordings, you know, there's a backstory to everything. And that's why, in my opinion, legal representation is so important because with Brittany, you know, I have to give her the story and I have to give her my evidence and I have to believe in her that she's the expert that she's going to fill in the blanks, you know? Um, and she's going to be able to take the story, take the truth and present it to the judge. Um, and I have no doubt in her. I have no doubt in her. To be honest, you know, you guys heard a while ago that I went pro se um, because I was just so out of money and I'm still so out of money. Um, but I, looking back on it, man, hindsight is 2020 and, and I'm sure a lot of you listening to this can relate to this, but I really feel like my last legal representation did shit for me. 
I really, um, and I owe them like 26 grand and, uh, whatever. But I really don't think they did a lot for me. And I think just in the short amount of time that, you know, I have been associated with Brittany, um, she's done more for me in this time than my last legal representation ever did. And I can say that every time I have left the courtroom, uh, every time, even with my last legal representation, I don't really feel like her story ever holds up. Um, I always get my parenting time expanded. And um, now that my next has put all of her lies under oath on paper and I have them, um, when we take my evidence and we present it to the court, you can't really wiggle out of hard, cold, black and white facts. And I know that I have it. Um, I don't know why still to this day, like, you know, obviously I'm anxious because I have no, like, I have no criminal background, you know, I've never been arrested, anything like that. And going through the court system alone is just creates hyper anxiety in me, you know, because it's like, you know, you hear stories your entire life of people who are like framed and committed for things they didn't do. And I didn't fucking do it. And I don't know why, I guess in the back of my head, I have this phobia, but also for the same standpoint is like, no, I know I have it. And I have to stop gaslighting myself to believe that I don't have it. I mean, I'll tell you what, her evidence is so poor and, um, mine is, I know mine's strong. I mean, like I have an alibi for everything. And of these 97 pages, that I told you guys that I have when it comes to the podcast. I mean, when it comes to my evidence, um, I know I have it. I know I have it. So, uh, something though, a little concerning. So when we were in the court, the judge said, um, you know, had we seen the evidence that they were going to supply? And we said, no, because they're just recordings. Right. And we said, no. And he's like, um, well, maybe you should before we present it. And I really don't understand why. I mean, yeah, it doesn't go in my favor, but like, I don't want them having access to my evidence before I bring it in front of the judge. Like, I just feel like it gives like this unfair preparation period that, you know, you shouldn't have facts of the facts, the truth is the truth. And you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to prepare for your story to like dance around the truth. Right. So anyway, when we were in court, um, the judge had asked us if we had seen this evidence and we said no. So they took a quick adjournment and they brought Brittany in with her lawyer to play these recordings. And like I said, they're not great, but they're not as damning as, you know, they think that they are. And um, so at the end of um, the trial, you know, that I, I told you, you can go back and episode, listen to episode 55, the judge ordered that. And before the next trial date, he said within one week of the trial that we're having at the moment, he said, you guys need to both share your evidence. And Brittany and I were talking and I was like, that's so unfair because that gives them six weeks to like go through my evidence and like chop it up and come out with like their excuses, which like I said, I don't understand how you can, um, but it's just not fair. It gives them this, this 
kind of um, unfair advantage. You know, our advantage is we had six weeks after she already testified to put our evidence together. But that's not my fault. You know, I'm not any celebrity where they put, you know, a trial, you know, on back to back to back to back days. You know, this is that's on them. But so um, Brittany and I had been struggling. You know, the judge said you have to exchange evidence one week after the last trial. And Brittany and I were struggling to try and kind of get it all together. And also, like, my evidence, if you know anything about technology and stuff, I mean, my evidence, I think, was around, like, six or seven gigabytes when it comes to audio, recording, pictures, text messages. Like, this plethora of information is so, it's, there's so much volume to it that you can't just hand it over. So, um... We and, and the other thing is, too, is like we don't have all our evidence a week after she testifies. You know what I mean? Like we're going to go right up to the wire, especially when it comes to this transcript of reviewing all the things that she says. So like it's not like, hey, a week over, like we're done and we're just sitting around waiting, you know, another five weeks to get back to court. No, we're working. We're putting our stuff together. Um, so I thought that was unfair. But. Uh, about a week and a half ago, Brittany and I put together um, a Google Drive. And so what I did, I just told Brittany, I was like, listen, I have an idea, right? To kind of put, I call it like the fear of God in them. I said, send them an overview on paper of what my evidence entails. Like, so, you know, our family wizard message and the date and the time, right? So give them hundreds and hundreds of pages of evidence, right? And then what I'll do is the actual hardcore, hard cold evidence I'll put in a Google Drive. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to put them in separate folders. And I'm going to put picture 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, all the way up to picture 152. Then I'll do audio 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way up to, you know, 500 audios, 500 videos, whatever it is. You got to understand when I was putting together this evidence and you heard straight from the mouth of my lawyer, a lot of people don't have the evidence that I have because, you know, when I had noticed that I was being gaslit and I was with a narcissist, I really went in on documenting. Um, So a lot of people don't have this. So I've been talking about ever since I started this podcast, I created a timeline, you know, and it starts at like 8 a.m. and it goes all the way to like 10 o'clock at night. And it's like broken down by time and you can click on whatever it is and it'll show you a picture, show you a video or show you a recording of where I was when she alleges that I strangled her. Okay. And then another thing that I just yesterday I was thinking I can go on Our Family Wizard and I can see the last time that my next was active on Our Family Wizard. And I saw it was the day before at one o'clock. And I know that that's her lunchtime for work. So during her lunch period, I hope she's feverishly trying to be like, it, it feels like almost like a lottery ticket. Like she's scratching, trying to figure out what I have. And uh, if they are, I mean, this took me days, if not weeks to put all this evidence together. And the thought of that, is almost as funny as the thought of me hiding out in the woods to jump out and scare them because it's fucking insane and it never happened. But um, yeah, it's just, it's exciting to think about that. Um, What's not exciting to think about is 
listen, I keep saying, and I've said it on this episode, I know I'm going to win. And I don't know why I think I'm not going to win. But you know what? I think it's important to consider the other side of the coin. And what I mean by when I say that is, <sighs> what are the repercussions of losing? Um, so I go into a directory and I get fingerprinted as a domestic abuser for the rest of my life. And this will, you know, I, I should not, cannot be in a directory as a domestic abuser for the rest of my life. Um, it will affect me in job situations, anything that runs a background, you know, let's say like I'm dating some girl and then she looks up and sees like me in a directory is like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking abuser. I would never date this guy. You know what I mean? Like all these weird things pop into my brain um, about like this. I I'm not a domestic abuser. I'm not. I'm not. And the repercussions of losing this are terrifying. Um, terrifying. You know, it's kept me up at night for almost 16 months now. Um I should stop counting, but, uh, it's, it's a dicey situation. The other thing is, is that, so we have not put on our case. My next has testified and she's at the tail end of her testimony. Um, if she's not already done, I, I expect them just to show some text messages that we got when they exchanged their evidence with me and our family wizard messages. It's just bullshit. It's just me being angry. And, you know, it's okay to be angry. I talked about this. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I was on Callie Sorensen's uh, podcast and I talked about being angry and it's okay to be angry. I'd be, I'd be a little concerned if you weren't angry, you know, um, but she's just got evidence of me being angry and no big deal. It's fine. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so she's she's finished her testimony, and then um, she's going to be cross-examined by Brittany, my lawyer. Um, and this is really what my case hinges on, is literally just dissecting line by line, lie by lie, fabrication by fabrication of all the bullshit she's told. And, um, you know, Brittany, it's, it's funny, man. Brittany and I, we talk at length and Brittany goes, you know, what's amazing about you is like, because you were living with your next for so long, Brittany's like, you can get inside of her head and you do a really good job of predicting what she's going to do. And I was like, yeah, because I've lived it for so long. I know what she's going to do. And she's like, it's just wild. And I was like, yeah, like I, I know what she's going to do because, you know, I, I can get in her head. I was like, but can I tell you something that's kind of scary, Brittany? And she goes, what? And the unknown is scary. And what I mean by that is, yes, I can predict everything she's going to do. Okay. Um, and I've dreamt about this and I've thought about it ad nauseum. And the only thing is, is that, so my next in one week is going to be cross-examined by my lawyer and she's going to be presented with hard, cold facts and evidence. And as I sit here thinking about it, I cannot see in my mind how she's going to act when she's presented with her lies. I expect her to try and dance, do tap dancing, not obvi obviously not literally, but I, pre I expect her to try and tap dance around the truth. 
Um, I expect alligator tears and for her to be crying and carrying on trying to garner sympathy. Um, but I, you can hear from the last episode with Brittany, the judge was not buying it, was not buying her testimony. Um, oh, you know, one thing worth mentioning, going back into uh, the transcripts of what she testified to, she was alleging that I was abusing my son at this football field. And in the transcript, and Brittany and I were blown away by reading this, the judge says, um, what you're describing in this testimony, whatever portion she was describing, the judge straight up said, this is not domestic abuse, but continue. And the judge actually said that. So I sent a screenshot to that of Brit to Brittany and I was like, yo, read this. And she called me right away and she's like, wow. Cause essentially, you know, the predicate act, which is, you know, the football field and why the TRO is present right now, the judge already kind of said he's not buying it. Um, which is exciting, but I don't know how my next is going to act once she is supplied with hard, cold facts and evidence. Um, and you know, we don't like uncertainty as victims of narcissistic abuse. We don't like uncertainty. We really wish we can get everything just done so quickly. And, and you know, this whole situation has taught me patience. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited, uh, because the cross-examination is really what my case hinges on. And Brittany has been trying to sell me on what's called a directive verdict. And what she said is, listen, after we prove all her lies, a directive verdict essentially just means like we don't put on our case. We act for, we ask for the judge to go right into giving us a verdict. And I was like, Brittany, while I appreciate that and I don't necessarily disagree, the thing is, is that we can not only cross-examine her, but like I have pictures of physical abuse that she's done to me, you know? So like there is stuff that I want to present in my case. And my fear is that I don't want to be for the rest of my life having her be like, okay, fine. I lied, but you still did this and you still did that. No, I need my name to be completely, totally cleared. And I said that to Brittany. I was like, I don't want to be a 65, 70 year old man with her still trying to throw out allegations because I want the entire narrative lit on fire and gone. And I, I don't know. So we still have another week. Um, I was thinking I had, I had this daydream. Like what if the judge insists on a directive verdict right after the uh, cross-examination? What if he's just like, listen, I don't need to hear your fucking case. You're this person's a fucking liar. And I have this other daydream where he's like, Hey, you know, next stand up, I'm going to read you your Miranda rights and you're under arrest. And we're going to present the fact that this is under fucking child abuse too, because you can't remove a loving parent from your children's lives and claim that this is not child abuse and that you care about your kids because guys, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but I am excited. Um, I really think this situation has taught me patience and I think I've practiced patience to the best of my ability in a really crummy situation. So um, we'll see guys. It's, it's less than a week away. It's less than a week away. So I am excited. Um, I mean, justifiably I'm nervous. Um, I shouldn't be fully confident. Brittany's super confident. I am confident. I don't know how I feel. It's hard to talk about how I feel. Although I have a fucking podcast, it's hard to talk about how I feel. But, um, 
I have it and I know I have it. And, uh, I, I wish this, you know, it's funny. I've had some of you guys DM me and be like, man, I wish you were famous and I wish this was on TV so we could all watch her, you know, crumble to the ground. And man, I wish that too. Um, but you know, we'll, Brittany and I'll be back next week. Uh, I hope Brittany and I'll be doing an episode next week. We've talked about it and uh, she said she's always down to record a victory. Um, but we'll be back next week and we're going to tell you how my next perjured herself. And uh, this is a weird, the way this podcast is kind of coursed, you know, in all these episodes is this is uh, potentially a big climax to the story. So um, I'm excited. I'm trying to stay focused. Uh, I'm not getting overly excited. I'm not getting overly nervous. It's just, you know, laser vision right now. It's laser focus and I'm ready to win. So um, I really appreciate you guys listening to this episode. It felt good to do not doing the interview. I love doing the interviews with all you guys, but it's been a long time since I've just sat here behind the mic and just talked. And uh, I hope I didn't ramble too much. I hope it made sense. But um, I really appreciate you guys. Um, and uh, hey, one more thing. I don't love doing this, but I feel like I, I should. Uh, I do have the GoFundMe page. I am struggling very much with money. Um, and I would really appreciate the help. If anybody can help, it doesn't matter how big or small the donation is, go on GoFundMe.com and search Dimming the Gaslight. You know, $1, $5, $10, $100, whatever it is, I appreciate you guys. And, uh, you know, I could really use the help. I could really use the help. So um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And uh, we'll be back next week to celebrate a victory. So help me God. So uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, until next time, everybody.